Support for the show comes from Atlassian. With a new story about AI coming out seemingly every day, it can be hard to know what it all means for you and your job. Atlassian thinks there's a lot to be excited about in the AI-powered future. Even right now, Atlassian's AI-powered software can help you boost productivity by eliminating menial tasks, generating insights, and helping you find information about projects, policies, and processes. No matter if you're a team of two or two million, or if you're around the corner or on another continent, Atlassian software keeps everyone connected and moving together as one towards shared goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher, and I'm a little sad, Scott. Why are you sad, Kara? Because you're going away. You're leaving me once again. Well, that's nice. Thank you for saying that. Mm, um, I'm not really that sad, but go ahead. Yeah, daddy's a bit of a strong flavor. I'm not an acquired taste, so I think it's good mm-hmm. to give people a little bit of a break. And mm-hmm. I think the key to managing any brand is scarcity. So I'm going to mm. be scarce for a little while. Yeah. And also, I don't like to work. I don't like to work here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I miss you, Scott. And I then you come that. back. You come back all fresh and delightful. I do. A little fresh yeah. and up. A little fresh, fresh and up. Speaking of fresh. Taylor Swift was amazing. Oh, you Thank went to you. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I got you a friendship bracelets. I got your uh, friendship bracelets. Yeah, I would like that. I have them with my son. Actually, my son's. Yeah, yeah. I have I have several for you. One one says reputation. The other says uh, haters gonna hate. Uh, other says Swift as fuck boy. Was it great? People say she puts on an amazing show. Scott. Let me just say, by the way, it was it was crawling with Silicon Valley people who had the fancy seats. I had good seats. I had good seats, but not like the fancy down on the floor seats. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of observations. What okay. an astonishing performer! What an yeah. astonishing. She delivered. Uh, I don't. What is what's beyond thousand percent? I mean, first of all, the visuals were amazing. So she hmm. used uh, visuals beautifully on these screens that were just like uh, such an. It was like a theatrical show in that regard, but beautiful and amazing. She uh, shifted from really like very elaborate dance stuff and and moves to uh, like her gal with a guitar or a piano. Amazing. Um, She commanded this. It's a Levi Stadium. I think it was 75,000 people. She held them in the palm of her hand. She also 44 songs got three and a half hours. Let me I I can't even and without much of a break. Costumes were astonishing. Her dancers, she she gave a lot of space to them, and so they looked like they were having fun. She, they made her look good. Uh, I mean, this one, and then she spoke to the audience, and she's so you know she's obviously highly intelligent, but her connection with the audience is 
the girls around me were a lot of young girls, a lot of teenage girls losing their minds, but also older women, um, a lot of dads, a lot of dads mm-hmm. who like pivot. Let me just say, I did a lot of selfies with dads who are there with their daughters. They were thrilled to see me asking all about, they don't agree with you on Taylor Swift, by the way. They said, get lit, teach Scott about Taylor Swift. And I said, okay, I shall. No, um, no, no. I'm I, actually, I, I've got news about this. Taylor Swift will <laughs> Um, have another album coming out soon because she waved at a boy and he didn't wave back. So that's going to be another album. <laughs> Do not. These Swifties, let me just say, Amanda made this point. If she decided to have like a, an insurrection, everybody would follow her. It was crazy. And the yeah, merchandise. You're right. She could storm the she Capitol. She could storm the Capitol. Yeah, she I really agree. could. Like these people love Taylor Swift. I, I got to say the whole experience was astonishing. Astonishing. So I just have one observation around okay. Taylor Swift because I'm Do into data. Yeah. No, no, no. She she okay. has 500 songs about guys leaving her, but zero mm-hmm. songs about blowjobs. I think it's okay. time we stopped ignoring the connection. <laughs> That's good. That's You're going to miss me in That's August. That's not good. She, the You're going to miss the, me in Let me August. just say, and I'm going to give, because you insult Barbie, which is up at a billion now, just so you know. She's no, at a billion. News about Barbie. that. It yeah. is hot Barbie and... It's it's Lady Summer. Let me just say of the money spending, she has affected the economies. Like yeah, they take it to Swifty she, Clara. She's a force. The Fed has talked about it. Like the Fed has talked about her impact. Of course. Um, and along with Barbie, I just feel like there's something happening here with the ladies. Um, so I'm just making that point. Just okay, so I saw Barbie. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I just think it was such genius, like threading the duality of life and measured humor that was insightful, yet uh, didn't take itself too seriously around identity politics. I really think it's uh, one of the movies of the ages in a, in a, in a uh, deeply relevant statement about our society. Oh my God, you're, ki- you're fucking with me, right? I walked out. I Did, walked what? Out. <laughs> what? I walked out, yeah. What do you mean? Why? I mean, I bought a ticket, I went in, I sat yeah. there for 45 minutes, and as yeah. usual, I had to go to the bathroom, and I'm one of those theaters where it's yeah. a pain to go to the bathroom, and I just didn't have the... I don't know. I didn't. I was too embarrassed to go back, and I was a little bit high on edibles. And I'm like, I'd rather go to Carl's Pharmacy. Here's how I save the night. There's this okay. Amazing... Why did you want? Why didn't you like it? It's yeah, Kara, literally Kara, crossing Kara. the billion mark. But okay, go ahead. Kara, yeah. Okay. I'm a I'm a 48 year old guy with yeah. erectile dysfunction who okay. drinks bourbon and watches Goodfellas and war movies at night. I mean, okay. how could right. I like Barbie? Seriously. Come on. And by it's the way, funny. I just want to say I want you to say something, one nice thing about it, but go ahead. I think she's spectacular. I think he's yeah. spectacular. It was clear. The set design was beautiful. I get why people like it. There was some really, that's not what I will say is this. Mm-hmm. When I read the movie Money, or when I read the book Moneyball, it's about mm-hmm. analytics and sports. Yeah, I'm aware, yeah. And I heard they were making a movie. I'm like, how on earth are they going to make a movie? And they made a mm-hmm. fantastic film out of something I never thought could be made into a movie. Mm-hmm. What I will say is, it's not easy to make a movie about Barbie because it's so charged. It could just mm-hmm. go so many wrong ways so mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. And they do, th- I thought they thread the needle perfectly. I thought it laughed at itself, but it also had deep meaning. I love the black and white scenes with the mother mm-hmm. and the daughter. That stuff mm-hmm. always tugs at my heart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saved the evening. I left. I walked out. <laughs> what happened? I, what was happening when you walked out and had to pee? What was happening when you were peeing? Uh, you didn't they, even get to Casa Dojo Mojo with Ken. You didn't get to that. They were they. The, America Ferrera is that her name, and her daughter yeah. pulled yeah. up to save her from somewhere. Yeah, um, from uh, Mattel. From, from Mattel. Mattel. Yeah. yeah, that's where. That's why. I, you but, didn't get back to the to Barbie Land with Ken 
with Ken? I went, what to, I, I went back to something better. I went to this place in Aspen called Carl's Pharmacy, and it uh -huh. has all these old toys. Okay. And I got, get this, I got a Stretch Armstrong. I got a miniature oh, yeah. version of an Etch-a-Sketch. I got mm -hmm. a, a, a lint brush yeah, and a Clark bar and the book Dune. I mean, I okay. how do you know I was on edibles without knowing I was on edibles? And then I went home and just stared at my purchases for an hour, and I watched TikTok. It was a fantastic oh my evening. God. Oh, was, God, I don't get why Barbie is There's so. There's a pop. whole dude section. There's a whole male like identity section. I, I get can't it. I it. get it. I You're still don't understand how can she be so popular when her knees don't even bend. Okay. That's good. Okay. That's right. good. You know From what's going to have to happen Media now? You need network. to watch the rest of it, and you and I are going to watch the rest of it. You and you know I you in your apartment in, in New York. This qualifies as workplace okay. harassment. The it's matriarchy <laughs> is, again, forcing me to do things I don't want to do. Oh, you're such an idiot. The women are making money and making shit happen, and you're eating edibles and playing with Stretch Armstrong. That pretty That's much That's a surprise to you? More women, up. more single women-owned homes. Yeah. single man. Women are killing it. Good killing for them. It. Killing Good it. for them. Let me just say, speaking of killing it, my Kia is under a tree. My Kia. My beautiful, oh, I saw sexy that. What Kia. Happened? What happened? Well, I was in the Taylor Swift, or Shake crushing it. She was crushing it, and my car got crushed. Um, so, D.C., these trees are down. Listen, we had a really bad tree fall, but there's tree falls all over D.C. Like you can't. Amanda was trying to get home last night and had to yeah. go around because there were so many trees down everywhere. And it was a big storm, 80 miles per hour. The Kia was, thank God, the bolt was at the airport. Thank God. God. And it fell, a tree fell in the car. It's under a tree and there's so many trees down. I don't know when they're going to take the tree off my car, but it got, mm -hmm. I don't know what's happened. It's very damaged. I would say it's very damaged. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. that. I know. Isn't that my, so my sexy level is going to decline since I don't have the Kia to drive around it. Yeah. Hybrid. That's, that's going to be a big problem. That's going to be a big problem. But I have uh, the Bolt. I have the Chevy Bolt still. Thank God. Yeah, and there's big news about the bolt. Yes, right? they're bringing it back. Oh my yeah. God, I'm so happy. I actually think you probably had a hand in that. I might have. General Motors so loves great. you. You're total General Motors spokesperson. Yes, I, I, but I love the car. I love the car. I love my car. I actually, guess what I rented here in San Francisco for the week? Yes. What'd you rent in San Francisco? Chevy Bolt. <laughs> a Chevy Bolt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Good my Bolt. For you. They had Teslas everywhere. And let me just say, Teslas, no one was taking them. Everyone was taking the Chevys and the Kia Neros. And it's interesting renting an electric car now at the rental services are really leaning into it quite heavily. It's pretty cool. I was with my boys on Saturday. And mm -hmm. because Aspen has a lot of you know wealthy people, Audi was doing this big demo with all their mm -hmm. EV cars. That's a, mm -hmm. There's some good looking electric cars coming there from are. Audi. There are. There are some yeah. amazing ones. The Jaguar, I was in the limo with Alex. I was here for my son weekend. Um, By the way, I want to inspire the audience to have a couple of contests. I ordered a Rivian, but it's going to come with the steering wheel on the left side as cars do in America. Uh -huh. I need to buy a car in London, and I'd like to crowdsource. What car? I want uh -huh. our audience to decide what car I should have. What car do you think I should buy, Kara? I don't know. I don't. I, I think if depending on what the electric cars are there, there's probably yeah. a lot of charging around London. It's, the EV is big in London. Honestly, Scott. You should get a bolt. It's it's planning a next <laughs> that generation. That is not going to happen. It'd be so cool if you that drive a bolt. That is not going to happen. So cool. It'd be it would be a Dojo Mojo bolt. Um, they're using uh, using GM technology, but that reportedly reduces battery costs. Ooh, by a lot. don't use those terms in the same sentence. GM, GM. technology. That's not what their <laughs> spokespeople are supposed to do. Yeah, Avoid the yeah, whole GM yeah. and technology. I'm going to save you phrase. a spot to get in line for that one. I'm going to say I with my friends at GM. Anyway, uh, I'm going to. By the way, I'm going to drive the Chevy Bolt over to Twitter headquarters. Where <laughs> speaking another 
other news. He rebranded HQ to X, running to some legal issues. It's so stupid. I don't get it. And again, it's like, you know, there's there's reasons to talk about them. There's reasons not to. But you have you been getting the change on your app? It's changed to it's really so ugly. I'm, I'm locked out again. Uh, oh. It happened. I got locked out, did a ticket. Uh, it, it was really weird, Kara. I don't know if it was a glitch or they're just trying mm-hmm. to reconfigure things. But my account on Twitter um, had a gold check and I was identified as a media account for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then so I got a gold check. And I'm like, what is a gold check? And I said, it's a mm-hmm. media account. And then I got locked out. It's a business I, account, too. I don't even Is that right? Yeah. And then yeah. we... I haven't been able to get back on in the last 48 hours, mm. so well, I've been on threads a, a lot. Yeah, probably a gift. Yeah, probably. Okay, let's get to our first big story. While we're all down here getting annoyed about the Twitter rebrand is Elon Musk conquering outer space, we have talked about how powerful his Starlink satellite service is and how far behind everyone else is. This is something that Time's had a big piece on. I've been warning about it for a year now. Uh, SpaceX uh, launches about 60 internet satellites every week. I think there's 4,500 up there. Starlink account for more than half of satellites orbiting the Earth. These are low, lower satellites. Jeff Bezos hasn't launched a single satellite, so he's got to keep up in that. Elon Musk tweeted in April, quote, between Tesla, Starlink, and Twitter, I may have more real-time global economic data in one head than anyone ever. Um, this is, uh, we talked to Ashley Vance last week about the Wild West out there, but one private citizen is in a position to yield a lot of power. Uh, Starlink is already dominated in space. He also, as the story noted, uh, another big issue is that the war in Ukraine, where officials say, and this is where I started paying attention to it, they're fully dependent on Starlink and Elon can disable internet access wherever and whenever he wants. He's already done that several times, apparently. U.S. government is a big SpaceX customer. It's really complicated because of this. Um, Taiwanese officials are refusing to use Starlink because of his economic ties with China. It's nerve-wracking that one person can decide this stuff, also someone who really doesn't know anything about foreign policy. Do you have any thoughts on this? Look, I, I do think there's something around... So let me start, and I said this last week, and I felt like it was hard for me to say this, but I do think mm-hmm. we're at a point where when individuals have this kind of money and this kind of power and don't need any guardrails, it's probably gone just too far. Mm-hmm. And the last time we had this kind of money was in kind of the gilded age of this concentration yep. of wealth. So I do think there's something to that. And for the first time in my life, and I would be subject to this, uh, I'm, I actually believe we should probably consider some something. I don't know if we need a wealth tax, but we definitely need to restore progressive taxes, mm-hmm. where once you get to this point, you do pay. When Reagan took office, the top tax rate, if you made over a million bucks, was 70%. By the time he left office, it was 27%. And if you look at income inequality, that was sort of the starting gun. And in addition to income inequality and resentment and a lack of faith in the system, it creates a small number of people that just have too much power because of Citizens United, they can kind of weaponize mm-hmm. the government. Okay, speech over on income inequality. The two things to consider here are one, it's a defense issue, and then ultimately it might be an antitrust issue. And that is, mm-hmm. if you're north of Grumman and you're selling in Trident-class submarines and you sell mm-hmm. them to make money and you're a publicly traded company, you want to be the nation that errs on the side of markets and lets people make a lot of money and lets people innovate. So I think the fact that we attract people like Elon Musk, and the guy, there's just no getting around it. The guy's, the guy's a visionary, and he mm-hmm. makes big, bold bets. And to dominate low-Earth orbit satellites, now 50% of all satellites mm-hmm. are dominated by him. He didn't, you know, he got government assistance. I'm sure there's government subsidies everywhere, but he figured out a way to do it. And I think that he and SpaceX should recognize incredible wealth from it. I think they deserve it. I think he's mm-hmm. a visionary. I like the fact that 
America is the place where you can make tens of billions if you're a visionary like that. There's two things. One, most defense contractors, and this is now really a defense contractor, mm -hmm. have to register with the Defense Department and clear all sales and all business through the Defense Department. And that, to me, seems like a pretty simple fix here, that this has huge defense overlay concerns. Mm -hmm. And so he needs to coordinate and register with the Defense Department as a defense contractor. And that's not to say he shouldn't make tens of billions and become by far, you know, maybe the first trillionaire mm -hmm. and how you tax that is a different issue, but it needs to be coordinated with the Defense Department because when one man can switch off battlefield technology in what is the war in Europe, it's just, we, we were here six months ago, it's a bad idea. Yeah. And then the second issue is, you know, if Lena Khan really wanted to get out ahead, by the way, her office called me, she clearly, mm -hmm. they're clearly upset, I've not been ni or nice, although I did apologize. Um, Anyways, enough about me. I think Lena Khan should get ahead of this and really look at what it means to have one company have a 50% market share of lower satellites. Also, mm -hmm. I believe our air and our space, our infrastructure, and that we should really be looking at a multilateral basis around what kind of taxes and regulation. It, it inhibits yeah. research, astrophysics yeah, it does. research. No, one person. It feels like the beginning of a Bond movie and he'll be dead by the end of it, that kind of thing. Like It feels like villain in a Bond. Like, that's sort of the, the basic plot of one guy owning whatever the heck it is. Um, yeah. And so that's troublesome. I think the idea that one person who's unstable would be a kind way of putting it or or, or capricious is another mm -hmm. issue. Um, the thing is, he's out front of a lot of things, right? He was out front, this Starlink, he's out a, front, I mean, 100%. You gotta, get, you gotta give it to the guy. Yeah, <laughs> a front. And now he's talking interesting about, and I would agree with him, it's something I... I don't mean I'm out front, but this electrical issue, because uh, we've been talking about nuclear and other ways to make electricity, but mm -hmm. there, there being a global electricity shortage, he's completely right. I, the question is, what? It, even if he's prescient, should he have this power? And I think that these satellites are something I have been very concerned about. And I, I, I told you the story where a Ukrainian official came up to me at a party in Washington many months ago and said, can you get Elon to turn this on? And I was like, what? I wasn't mad at him necessarily because I just think he's an idiot when it comes to foreign policy. He sounds like a Russian asset in things he says and sometimes a Chinese asset. But it's not his fault for that. He's just He is what he is. But the, our U.S. government should have never let it get to this situation. Like, what are they doing? Like, why are they putting so much power in the hands of one person who is unstable in some fashion? You have to, if you're going to have legislation, it has to be based on rules that apply to everyone, and you have That's to ensure right. that you're not looking at his personal peccadillos. Like, he's allowed mm -hmm. to be eccentric, he's allowed to change the name of his companies to X, but I just think there needs there needs to be legislation around, all right, our next infrastructure in terms of communication, data, and battlefield technology is gonna revolve around this technology. And think systemically about whether any one individual, one country, what is our role in it competitively, geopolitically, and make laws kind of from top down, not like, well, we don't like Elon, so we're going to try and make things hard for him. Because he deserves, look, I, you know, I don't like the guy, but the, at the end of the day, capitalism and the ability to attract innovators who do bold visionary things like this is more important than, you know, what anybody personally thinks about his behavior. People are allowed to be erratic. They're allowed to be unstable. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a big opportunity here. Uh, for them to make a ton of money. I, I want, I, I mean, the the Starlink service, I have friends who are, uh, a couple of friends who are big mm -hmm. boaters. 
They said that the GPS maritime industry was overpriced and a shitty product. And now basically Starlink is just amazing. They buy this thing, it comes in a box, they take it out, and all of a sudden they have incredible internet, incredible GPS. They deserve, the employees at Starlink, Elon Musk deserve tens or this hundreds of billions of dollars. part of SpaceX now. People think it might yeah. spin out. Yeah. But the idea of, of a communication system that could gather most of the world's data, and again, has defense implications, we have decided as a nation that our elected representatives and our appointed officials get to make these decisions. And that's not to say it doesn't weave with capitalism. Mm -hmm. You know, Lock Lockheed makes a shit ton of money, defense contractors, and even, even the Speaker of the House or the former Speaker of the House gets to trade on that inside information based mm -hmm. on who gets defense contracts. Another talk show, another talk mm -hmm. show. Yeah. But it, it, there is some real big concerns here, but they need, quote unquote, system-wide legislation that impacts anybody who wants to control yeah, the skies. Yeah, I still think it's these certain things government should be ahead on. They're just not, whether Agreed. it's AI, whether it's this. I wish Bezos would friggin' get in there, Jeff. Stop, Agreed. Stop making Agreed. out on your yacht and get your ass in there. You're yeah. very, very well, tight ass, need, actually. All we need to do is have- um, He's really fit, speaking uh, of abs, can Yeah, abs. but all, all we need to do to inspire the space race with Bezos is to start putting satellites and thongs, and I think he'll mm. be much more interested. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of making out on the boat <laughs> pictures of him. Good for um, him. Yeah. Good for him. I just him. wanted to get some, get some satellites up there. It's not the only thing we need to come up, Jeff, okay? Just that was there a little penis joke I made. I made a Jeff Bezos Oh, it had a penis joke. joke. My penis is like an EV. It's mm -hmm. touch to start. At least it used to be. No longer. No longer. Oh, now it's like an EV God. that's not working. Now it's like a <laughs> Tesla, a defective Tesla. Oh, God. That's really bad. Scott Free August. Scott, Scott Free, Free August. August. You have Miss one more yet? penis joke. I give you mm. one more penis joke, but actually we're going to make the next section all about you. Mm -hmm. Scott, we're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, a preview of Scott Free August, and we'll speak mm -hmm. with a friend of Pivot, Ian Rogers, who uh, you have an investment in his company about crypto wallets. We wanted to talk to him for a while. Mm -hmm. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world. Believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool. That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts like the one you're listening to now. There'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution. Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more. In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human. And I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things. And I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. 
If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Scott, we're back. This is your last episode before Scott Free August. Well, it's mostly Scott Free August. We, you, you'll pop in for two episodes we previously taped with listeners and mm-hmm. uh, some questions and answers. So you're not going to be gone. You're like a ghost in the machine. Um, we have a lot of fascinating guest hosts coming on mm-hmm. to co-host with me while you're gone. I'm going to announce some of them, and for each, you tell me what question you'd ask if you were here. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. some of the stuff that you would ask. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, first one, Savannah Guthrie, the co-host of the Today Show. I love Savannah. I think she's an amazing interviewer. We're going to talk a lot about media and interviewing and styles and stuff like that. What do you think uh, we should talk about? Now, she, keep in mind, she cannot make penis jokes, nor can she call Elon a chode. So go ahead. Move. Well, I would describe Savannah Guthrie as like, you know, the world's greatest pilot of the 747, but it's the 1970s and it's Pan Am. Mm. Um but I, I think it's really interesting when you speak to super mm-hmm. successful in a medium that's dying. What are her thoughts around TV as a medium? Mm-hmm. I think the two of you should ask each other what have been your most interesting interviews over the last 24 yeah, months. I think we're going to do that. I find Savannah is someone who um, doesn't get as much attention for interviews as she should. I think she's great. I think she does yeah. really strong interviews. Um, you know, there's lots of good interviewers. Christiana Mom, of course, good. Um, a whole bunch of people. Obviously, Chris Wallace is very good. Um, there's a, in TV, especially, uh, John Swan is quite good, but Savannah mm-hmm. always, re- uh, Gail King is quite good. There's a lot actually mm-hmm. in TV. Um, and I think she really does cut to the chase. Three women. Room. I feel triggered. Yeah, I, I know. It's triggered. true. It's true. All right. Good, All good questions for Savannah. Good okay. questions for Savannah. Yeah, we are going to talk about interviewing and media. Uh, Joanna Stern, the senior personal technology columnist for the Wall Street Journal, an old friend of mine, someone hmm. I, I think does beautiful. Talk about someone leaping into the future, does all kinds of videos. Very been very heavy on TikTok and other places for a long time now. Obviously, working for an older institution. What do you think we should talk about besides Apple Vision Pro? Okay, mixed reality headset is how how fucking stupid is this? Uh, right. I would ask her. That was, okay, is that how I should put it? How fucking stupid is this? Exactly. <laughs> on, a, on a list of one to oh, ten. God. Oh, Something like that. That's what I should do. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm. All right. All right. Will Hurd, who's running to be the GOP candidate for president, he got booed over the weekend for saying Trump was only running mm-hmm. to stay out of prison. I thought he handled mm-hmm. that beautifully with those mm-hmm. cra- crazy screaming memes. Very classy guy. Republican, again, from Texas. Um, what what should I ask him about? Well, look, I I feel like the most significant thing that happened it, it sort of reflects just how numb we've become in our nation outrageous mm-hmm. and unacceptable behavior is that the person who is polling at number two for the republican nomination mm-hmm. has passed legislation that forces schools in florida to whitewash slavery and talk mm-hmm. about the benefits of slavery mm-hmm. you'd like to think of it as a society we become more evolved and we try mm-hmm. and bring people together the fact that we're now in 2023 
yeah. have a candidate for president who decides that the way to become president is to inflame Democrats. We no longer elect, we no longer vote for people based on how they bring us together. We mm -hmm. vote for people who, who do the best job of tearing us apart because we're so angry at the other side. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an affront to not only uh, non-whites, it's such an affront to those of us in Florida <laughs> that would mm -hmm. like to think we live in a modern society. And that's that's the racist issues. Then there's Disney, and then there's uh, <laughs> the abortion stuff that he passed under the cloak of darkness. Uh, he's just a terrible candidate. And they had more but laughing videos. He's, by the way. he's uh, uh, Will Hurt is black, right? He's the guy Will from Hurt Texas. Will Hurt is, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't, I, I guess my question is, you know, I want to know, like, what's his vision for the Republican Party when when that shit is happening in the Republican and Party? And they can't How get does... any traction beyond, I mean, DeSantis is dying, obviously, but Trump is Yeah, is but you surging. never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, he's got a lot true. of money and yeah. he's got a lot of interesting Trump is surging in polls. There was just another time Siena poll Dominated. was crazy. Dominated. I would also, quite frankly, I, I would, I don't want to say get in his face, but you're Republican, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to, you're trying to unseat the current president. And in his term so far, Biden has created more jobs than any president in history. So what exactly is not champagne and cocaine about this economy? Mm -hmm. Like what, who's doing better than us? Like what's your vision for how the economy could be doing Great better question. than it is right now? Great question. Yeah. He, of course, left Congress, as you know. It was very up and coming, but the new GOP is a very different animal right now. I don't know what it's a beast, really, to Donald Trump. Uh, if he was a Democrat, he'd be polling at like 15% right now. At Will Hurd, yeah. That's a really yeah, good point. He'd be All polling right. at 15%. Okay, good. I like those. Okay. Don Lemon, Lemon Limon. Di Lemon. Formerly of CNN, you might have heard. Yes. Uh, right. What should we talk to Don Lemon about? So many things. Uh, He's well, a lot of fun. He's inside baseball, like, what do yeah. you see, think the future of um, CNN is? And then I'd go personal. I would say, look, boss, the history mm -hmm. of big, iconic anchors, and he's one of them, mm -hmm. who leave platforms, uh, usually fade, fade to black. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to stay relevant? Like, what's mm -hmm. your personal plan for your career? Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, like, all of these guys leave with, and gals, leave with a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. And what they find is, is well, the platform he was, was... he was fired. He was fired. So, in, you know, same, same with Tucker. You're right. But what's his plan? He what's was making several million dollars a year and was a household mm -hmm. name. Does, mm -hmm. I, assuming he wants to maintain that type of relevance and income earning power, what's his strategy? What's his yeah. plan? Does he go yeah. to another network? Does he start mm -hmm. his own thing? Megyn Kelly, I, you know, I'm obsessed with metrics and desperate for other people's mm -hmm. affirmation. I looked at news commentary. The top, mm -hmm. we're in the, we're like number, we kind of hover between number like two and eight in news commentary. Mm -hmm. And we're surrounded by right wing. We're surrounded. We're at a Trump rally. Yeah. Literally, we're at <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the, what's it called? CPAC? We are surrounded by right wingers. It's crazy. We're sitting there holding the fort down. Yeah. And then turn on an episode of Knight Rider. And then yeah. we have some real fun. We pull out okay. the saran wrap, <laughs> okay, the yeah. starch. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. <laughs> what is your point uh, about Megyn Kelly? Because I really I? like to stop talking about her. Well, no. Okay. So uh, we're literally, if you look at the top 10 news commentary podcasts, mm -hmm. we're progressive, right? Mm -hmm. You're literally the fire chief and the deputy mayor and the mayor of Ocastan. Oh, okay. kind of along for the I ride. I knew that was coming. And, and everyone else around us. Yeah. Is like crazy, crazier, and craziest. <laughs> it's it's like Mark Levin and then yeah, Matt Walsh. And oh, then it's God. like Megan comes across as the, the sanest. Oh, one. no, 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 no. Oh, compared to these folks? Have you I, seen no. who we're next to? Who we're next to? I know that. They're all crazy. They're all crazy. Uh, 
Megan Kelly's taking like Megan. A left, like no. Megan. Go listen. To, I will send you some choice. Yeah, I've been on Megan's show. Okay. I like her. She's become terrible, but okay. Anyway, nonetheless, uh, Don Lemon. Those are the good questions. Those are good. Oh, D. For, Lamont. Yeah, what D. Lamont. else? Any, anything else? I like the personal stuff. How old is Don? Is he 50? No idea. I suppose. I don't he's know. like one of those guys. You can't tell if he's 25 or 85. I don't um, know. Age, he looks very good. Don Lemon. I'm going to look it up. Someone asked me how old you were. They thought you were 45. I said, no, no. He's 57. My kids my kids don't know how old I am. I lie every day. They yeah, have no 57. idea how old I am. That's around your age. Well, look, I, I, what I would ask Don, we're, we're about the same. You're 58, right? No, no, no. I'm 49. No, you're um, not. No, you're I'm not. I'm 49. And naked, I look 48 and 78. No, you're not 49. You sound like my kids now. You are I'm lying about my age. I just want everyone to know I'm lying about my age. 58. You're 58. I am not. The internet you is are. wrong. The no, internet is wrong. Ask ChatGPT several times and we'll get to 48. <laughs> Um, I would ask Don, I like the personal stuff, and that is, I know, given that I'm I'm younger than Don, but can relate to his generation. Not much. No, he's 57, you're 58, been, but go ahead. I think there's been such a, a, a really positive mm-hmm. evolution around the way the world and people, the general public, views gay people. Yeah, good. Well, That's good. the good news. The bad news is I remember when I was in college and starting work, the, wor- the workplace was a very homophobic place. Yeah. And I'm sure I don't need to tell you this. No. But I would just like, I would just like to know what was it like starting out as a gay black man in the media yeah. world in the 80s. Yeah. Good one. That's good. Um, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll what was that up. like? We'll and, gay it up. We'll gay it up for sure. Yeah, that's While you're not, gone. We'll have a little yeah. gay party. Well, there you go. Good. All right, yeah, speaking like of gay, George Hahn, who literally Jihan. vacation with you when Jihan. he fills in. He'll be in your house in That's Aspen right. he's, no, or wherever. No, no, he's coming, he's coming Nantucket, to Nantucket. Wherever. White on white. I don't remember white where you are. White. I don't know what ridiculous vacation spot you're at at any one time. Anyway, Jihan, what should we talk about with Jihan? Again, I like the personal stuff. George Hahn is my Twitter friend. He's the yes. first person I've ever reached out to on Twitter and said, and let's meet. vacationing. And let's meet offline. And I'm very fond of George. But I I think George is a really soulful, interesting guy. And I like the personal stuff. One, you know, George is a a successful actor, but he hasn't like broken out. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I would have talked to him about his career in Hollywood. Um, I'd also, you know, he's single. I'd ask him about relationships and what it's like to be single in New York. I like I like the personal stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think George, I think George just brings a kind of a humanity and a turn of phrase, and he just kind of he's just one of those fun. blue flame thinkers who can kind of summarize stuff well. But yeah. I like the one of the reasons I love talking about George. Is we talk about faith and mm-hmm. our moms you know i like i like the okay. personal stuff from george he's going to be on when we have the republicans on which are the group that does all those fantastic drag queen depictions of republicans which are my favorite thing so jesus it's christ we've totally gone gay. fucking woke we'll, go. I mean, well you're gone christ. you're gone they're really funny have any more oh woke barbie is a billion dollars taylor swift a billion and a half we're all woke and somehow we're kicking ass financially did but. you see the Someone did a map of the U.S. Mm-hmm. based on whether Barbie was doing better at the box office and, oh. or Oppenheimer. Yeah. And it was fascinating. It was We're... literally exactly the political map. Every oh. state that Barbie's leading in was a, a Trump state in yeah. 2020. And every state that was Oppenheimer was a uh, Biden state. And the five states, this uh, is all true. kind of woke. Agreed. But the yeah. five states where, where there was even are mm-hmm. all the swing states. It's mm-hmm. just amazing that these wow. two movies mm-hmm. are um, totally correlated with um, political values. 
I mean, it's fascinating. Someone okay, did but this again, math, I would say exactly. Oppenheimer is quite a liberal movie. It, 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 both I of them I think are. that's right. I yeah, think that's right. I think right. they both are. Yeah. I think there's a lot, there's a real groundswell of tired of this book banning. I've heard from lots of people in Florida. They're tired of book banning. They're tired of the abortion thing. They're like, what the hell? Like, we're caring, we care about economics, jobs, and what are we going to do about AI? Like, things, real things. Real uh, and then you have this group of crazies who love Trump. That's it. That's really pretty much the electorate right now. Anyway, um, any topics we should not forget that, we'll keep, that we want to keep the light on, keep warm for you? Any topics? I'm fascinated by what is going to happen with AI. I mean, this is what's happened. Technology has built a thin layer on top of a lot of thick investment by middle-class mm-hmm. investors, whether it's mm-hmm. GPS or DARPA or even space technology. And then these right. people come in and they put in a, a kind of a, thick layer of innovation and they make billions. Every company, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Alphabet or Apple, can reverse engineer to hundreds mm-hmm. of billions of investments by the middle class. And what a lot of these companies done, especially Meta and Alphabet, is they wedge themselves, they take other people's content and they wedge themselves between that content and the consumer and mm-hmm. find a low cost user generated way of creating their content such that they don't have to pay for it, uh, whether it's TikTok. And AI appears to be kind of going the same way. And I'm just very interested in what what should the regulation be as it relates to 230. What are the business models? Who are the winners? Mm-hmm. What are the potential threats? I see mm-hmm. a huge threat around AI-tested misinformation coming up in quarters one and two of next year around the election. But I do think, you know, from a, what I'll call a strategic standpoint, I do think that Pivot has to be a place where people come and get some sense of perspective and explainers around AI. So I think... As a tech journalist, I, I think I think we should go a little bit deeper around AI and what's happening there. Great. Okay. Anything else? Obviously, Trump indictments will be happening while you're gone, I think. You know, the reality is both of us really, really like politics. Mm-hmm. Politics is so saturated and it's so emotional and it triggers so many people. I'm trying to figure out topics that bring people together right. as opposed to divide them because politics mm-hmm. is just so polarizing. The other thing I, I would like us to do or like you to do, and I have... I will start with the first entry. Mm-hmm. We need to crowdsource. We need to change our theme music. Our theme music feels like you're on trial in the future. Mm. It just, I don't like our theme music. It All needs right. to be updated. So we're we going to get new music. And I want to I wanna propose the one to beat okay. is this song. Go ahead. Cue it, Taylor. Baby, I'm your That's right, Kara. All right. Wow. I'm your oh man. my god! I'm back in gay bars. Okay, back in the, I'm. That's wham. Uh, that's wham. That's right. That's you, right. George yeah. Michael, one of the great artists. By yeah. the way, all of my artists are dying of opioid overdoses. There's a great George wham Michael, documentary. Did you see it? It's fantastic. I have not, but I will now. You must. Uh, you must. It, unless you put workplace pressure on me to see it. You need the to matri- see it. Matriarchy. Yes. But <laughs> it's great. But literally, uh, yeah. Prince, George Michael. Yeah. And Tom Petty, my three favorite artists. Oh my God. All, do- all died of opioid overdoses. And of course, the media decided to cover it up and say it was something else. Uh-huh. Michael Stipe and no, REM should not leave the house. Everyone okay. I listened to in the 80s. And also, I don't know where the guys from the English beat are, but they should stay. I at thought home. you'd Everybody, go for the cure over Wham. You, God, you're I like so... the cure. It's a little bit dark, although head, the Head on the Door is an amazing album. Anyways. Wow. The, God, the, Scott, you are so gay. It's crazy. It's gay by day, straight by night. <laughs> I, <swear. laughs> I'm only, even, I literally just had a memory of like a gay bar. Like, oh my God. I've been to almost every gay bar. In the, and, and just a little pro tip to my straight brothers out there. Go with your gay friends to the gay bar because there's always sisters there and they think you're really evolved and are just more inclined to give oral sex to a guy who seems progressive. 
Anyways. Okay, wham. All right, everybody, he wants wham. I want, uh, I would say Taylor, but- no, you know, we, we, we could, what about Beyonce? How perfect! <laughs> how perfect is I'm your man? One because I'm self-absorbed, and two, and two, yeah. you're a lesbian. Get it? You're a lesbian. Yeah, I'm I your man. It. I got it. I think when people hear us come on, they're like, yeah. "Oh, I'm happy. I want to dance." Yes, you're right. Okay, I feel right. good. Okay, I feel nice. Everyone, send in emails about what you want, or text us, or on threads. You obviously not on Twitter because God is once again banned. We have to bring in a friend of Pivot. Ian Rogers worked for many years in digital music. He contributed to the launch of Apple Music, in fact. Then he became chief digital officer of the French luxury company LVMH. Big deal, which includes brands like Louis Vuitton and Sephora. Now he's the chief experience officer at Ledger, which makes hardware crypto wallets, which look like USB drives, but for crypto, full disclosure, Scott is an investor. I'm also on the board, so I have to be especially oh, careful. even more, especially careful. Yeah. All right. Hi, Ian. I, I was just, uh, we, were, we were just having a gay disco moment and so i'm glad you're here i'm glad thank you're you here, very much Seth. i'm glad to be here I, yeah. I wondered where the party was i found there it, it is so a uh, first question is it more fun working with the beastie boys or cryptocurrency oh that's a good question they you know they actually have something in common for me i mean i always mm -hmm. like to be at the front of where things are and mm -hmm. with the beastie boys we did you know the very first time anybody recorded from the soundboard and turned them into mp3s and pissed off their record label that was us mm -hmm. um the first time that a record label did a a radio station was they with the, the Beastie Boys record label, so I, I like were. to be there at the at the at the beginning of these things. Yeah, the, your your career has kind of an unusual line where you've gone from you know to music to luxury to this. How did you get to crypto? Well, what happened, you know, as you said, I spent twenty years in digital music, from Winamp mm -hmm. and Yahoo Music to Beats Music and mm -hmm. Apple Music, um, and then did five years as the chief digital officer at LVMH. And when mm -hmm. I did, I moved to Paris and mm -hmm. I met the then first seed investor in this little crypto company called Ledger. That was eight mm -hmm. years ago. So it was smaller at the time, Pascal Gauthier, and we became mm -hmm. friends. Um, two things happened. One, I got to meet the incredible team at Ledger and the really, the, you know, the, the, the uh, technical team at the company is, mm -hmm. is second to none when it comes to digital security. And then also during the pandemic, Tony Fidel and I were sort of pod families and we, mm -hmm. we really wound ourselves up um, um, just with the timing, realizing that the technology is here. We're leading increasingly digital lives, as we saw mm -hmm. during the pandemic. We will certainly have digital value in our digital lives, and, and that will be not only right. um, digital cash, but, but also ultimately our identity. I mean, ultimately, your passport will be yeah. a digital document. And so if that's the case- So you thought it was critically important to have that, the a hardware crypto wallet. I think there's something, because you know, I think that, I mean, uh, you and I have been on the internet for a similar mm -hmm. amount of time, <laughs> unlike, mm -hmm. unlike many others. Oh no, she's been on much longer. <laughs> much, <laughs> well, we could, much we, longer. We can We're have talking this vacuum tubes here. <laughs> yeah, okay, all <laughs> right. Move along, the, move along. The, um, but I had this memory He was there of, at Win, Winamp. If he was at Winamp, it was early. Although exactly. I was, so I yeah. had this memory, 2002. Um, mm -hmm. I had a cell phone in my pocket. Um, mm -hmm. I knew the internet was a big part of the future lives of humans, but the cell mm -hmm. phone I had in my pocket was terrible at the internet. You know, in, mm -hmm. in 2002, I had a computer on my desk. Mm -hmm. I had an iPod. 
and I, I had a cell phone that folded in half and made phone calls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my, my similar revelation is that we will have digital value in our lives from digital cash to digital identity. Um, and our phones are fundamentally bad at protecting that value. You right. know, so from my perspective, and again, to draw an analogy that I know means something to you and I, um, I I've, the, the re- revelation I had was that a company like Ledger is akin to Cisco. Mm-hmm. Because in the late 90s, when AOL and Netscape and Microsoft were duking it out, Cisco mm-hmm. was sitting on the sidelines saying, we don't care who wins. Guess right. what? Human beings are going to use the internet and right. we'll be right. fine. Right. So and explain, I, that's where I feel. Explain the device because it's a device that I, I famously have a have a hard drive, a little a little hand, uh, you know, a little uh, thumb drive with Bitcoin on it that I haven't been able to find that I had in the very early days of the internet. I bought it for $50 each, I think, each each Bitcoin. I have 10 of them. Um, I can't find them. Okay, so are, so so talk Deep about breath. this. You, I know, I I'll find them someday. Talk about these devices because this is. Um, let me just quote something else. The Pew Research Center found seventy five percent of Americans, uh, and I'm I'm staying away from uh, Sam Bankman Fried and others, but I'll ask you about that in a minute. But uh, heard of crypto? Who have not heard of crypto are not confident in its safety or reliability. The U.S. government is obviously cracking down. Um, SEC sued the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange. Those are the exchanges. Elizabeth Warren, uh, uh, this is sort of a long-winded question, but crypto has become the payment method uh, choice of rogue nations, drug lords, ransomware gangs, and fraudsters to launder billions of dollars in stolen funds, evade sanctions, fund illegal weapons programs, and profit off devastating cyber attacks. I'd like you to answer for all that. Like, let's <laughs> both the reliability, safety, and it's you and the drug lords, essentially. Yeah, where was your board when all this was going down? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, that is a lot. I think, yeah. you know, really the, the fundamentals of crypto from my perspective are, mm-hmm. you know, we, again, we lead, we lead digital lives. We will have digital value, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, all technological innovations, you know, in, in all in all of, in history have created a gold rush, um, the mm-hmm. bubble bursts, and then you get 30 years of sustained growth. And, right. you know, what's more I high agree. stakes, yeah. what's more high stakes than digital value, right? So digital mm-hmm. value is going to bring in the snake oil salesman even more than a revolution of information did, right? And I mm-hmm. think that that's, you know, very, um, you know, very clearly what we've seen. I'm really, uh, uh, you know, I, I say this not with with a lot of um, joy because it's been so hard for the industry, but what's happened over the last year has been has been great for Ledger because Ledger is about these fundamentals of security and self-custody. You know, mm-hmm. when you have Ledger, you know, a run on the bank is not possible because you actually have custody of your mm-hmm. own funds and you have them securely. So a lot of what we've seen in quote unquote crypto is really about, you know, giving your value to someone else and then crossing your fingers and hoping they give it back to you when you right, ask to for these them. exchanges, right. Yeah. And and so that's, you know, fundamentally, you know, not crypto. Um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, when you look at the, the fundamentals, you have, you know, you have security and decentralization. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the thing that people should ask themselves is, you know, how do you have security without decentralization? In other words, which centralized database would you like all of humanity's information to live in? Mm -hmm. Google, iCloud, um, you know, Facebook, U.S. government, Chinese government, like which which one do you want? Mm-hmm. So actually, I think the the fundamentals are very sound, um, and you know they, these are all very unfortunate growing pains of a gold rush. Um, mm-hmm. and How do you assure people even just a little device? Now I'm kind of a weird case because Wences Casares just I did an interview with him and I just bought something just to try it. Right? He said just try it, and that was that. I at the time it wasn't going anywhere really, and I I understood the reason I did it so early was because I thought. 
we're not going to have currency. What, why are we carrying a dollar around? I kept th- saying that to people. They're dirty and they're ridiculous and they're subject to drug lords and ransomware gangs, et cetera, and kidnappers. And um, so wh- how do you reassure people when I ask people, where do you think your money is? And they're like, in the bank. I said, there's no money in the bank. There's no actual physical. It's not like Gringotts and and uh, Harry Potter, right? It's not sitting there in a pile of gold. How do you convince people that this is the system, I guess? Well, I think that there are two separate questions in this. You know, mm-hmm. one is about, you know, how do you bring people into crypto? And the other is, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, tell them that that Ledger does what it says it does, which is, you know, secures mm-hmm. in your hands your digital value. Mm-hmm. I think um, that first one is quite hard and it's not really the job of Ledger to convince people that, that, that mm-hmm. crypto has value. You know, it right. was not the job of Cisco to, you know, to, convince people that the internet was where they were going to spend a lot of their time. You you needed an ecosystem of applications that people really found valuable to grow up Mm -hmm. on on top of that. So Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, our assumption is, is that there are many, many, many people out there doing that. We just had ECC in Paris and, you know, there's so many, you know, applications that are, that are, you know, being built on top of this technology. But then the question is, you know, what do you need in terms of security and why can't your phone do it? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's because your phone is being asked to do so many things that you can't correct. trust what you see mm-hmm. on it, right? It's like if I ask you to protect a billion dollars in gold bars in a building, and then I said, oh, and by the way, I'm going to put a nightclub and a kindergarten and, mm-hmm. you know, It sounds like Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> and, and then, you know, but you would, you know, so Ledger devices are purpose-built for security and there's security all the way to the screen. Unless you have a secure screen, you don't have security. Unless you have a secure and, and, but, element, but, you don't but, have security. How is it going to change rather than just the device? Is there is it that the only way to do it is an actual physical device or is there something well, coming? You know, I mean, I think, as you know, in, in, in every industrial transformation, there's an unbundling and a rebundling, right? We mm-hmm. unbundled yes. um, compact disks into digital downloads, and then we rebundled them into a subscription service. So right. in our case, you know, the unbundling is, you know, your phone and your and your ledger. Um, mm-hmm. And then ultimately, um, they will be rebundled into a secure device. And I think we'll kind of look back um, at the time when we did all of our work business and all of our banking and everything on the same device that our kids played Candy Crush on as one yeah. of those like, oh, my God, can you believe that people did that mm-hmm. um, sort of things? Because, I mean, we know how insecure things are. We know about data leaks. We know about, um, you know, we, we know we know that we don't really own uh, our own data. I mean, I just went mm-hmm. through a move from an iPhone, you know, back to an Android phone, and you mm-hmm. really feel no. how little you own of your own mm-hmm. digital life. 100%. I think ultimately we do reach a different place where we have much more digital sovereignty, um, but we need a secure device to get there. Well, talk um, about the controversy around the optional recovery service, because I would want an optional recovery service. Well, I wish right? you had the recovery service. Your yeah, example yeah. is actually a great one, yeah, um, yeah. you know, one where, you know, you- Well, this was like, two th- whatever it was. But still, conceptually, really. I mean, uh, the, you know, mm-hmm. I got the call from a friend, you know, just a couple of weeks after we had um, the controversy mm-hmm. around Recover, which I'll talk about in a mm-hmm. second. And he was, mm-hmm. he had a friend who had, had lost his device and his seed phrase. And I said, you know, the sad thing is, is if he had Ledger Recover, which I am, mm-hmm. you know, kind of taking arrows for right now, mm-hmm. he would have his value. And, and today mm-hmm. he doesn't. So Ledger Recover is a seed phrase backup and recovery service. When you mm-hmm. set up a hardware wallet, such as a Ledger, you get 24 mm-hmm. words, which are your your way to cryptographically recover your accounts and your value. Um, so if you had those 20 words, uh, 24 words or, or whatever, however many there were in the case of the wallet that you set up, um, then you would be able to recover your wallet today on any wallet, on a ledger um, very easily. So, but obviously now you've got to think about, well, geez, what do I do with these? And for, it's a big mental hurdle for people, right? They're used to forgot password, click here, 
right? They're not used to, you know, lost my recovery phrase, oh, you're screwed, right? Which is, which is the way it mm-hmm. works. So we've built a service which encrypts shards into three, your secret recovery phrase, puts it with three different custodians in three different um, jurisdictions, mm-hmm. and using your um, government ID, you can recover your your um, your wallets in case you lost them. Now, for mm-hmm. the uh, you know for the 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 hardcore crypto community, which is you know very much opposed to any kind of custodian, um, that that's a you know that goes counter to what they believe like right. they should do. Yeah. But there are roughly four hundred million people who own crypto today, yeah. and we we believe the next bull run will bring in half a billion more, and we mm-hmm. need to build the products that those people need. So we aim at right. So they're security. not. It's not going to be the same. It's the early internet people were also irritated. Um, in that regard, you know, know, you know how they wanted it to evolve, and it's going to evolve into a commercial activity. I'm looking at the story I wrote with Wences. It was actually 2014, early, um, and he had just sold uh, this Lemon digital wallet platform to LifeLock, and then he got $20 million in funding for Zappo, which was a cold storage vault and wallet fully insured by Meridian Insurance, and that's he lo- he compared it to a safety deposit box at your bank, which is interesting, which is not much different than what you're saying right now, correct? Correct. Or- By the way, Wenceslas was the person that turned Pascal Gauthier on to Bitcoin as mm-hmm. well to, to, mm-hmm. tie, to tie our stories together. And mm-hmm. yes, you know, pa- Pascal and I were just in Washington and the, the description that really resonated with people on the Hill was mm-hmm. that Ledger is a digital safe. And mm-hmm. I didn't encounter anyone in Washington that doesn't think American citizens should own their own value right. in their own safe, their own assets mm-hmm. in their own safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's, the next step is to say it's a connected safe. Um, right. You know, and right now my passport is in my backpack in my hotel room, which is a mm-hmm. pretty, you know, insecure place for it to be. Mm-hmm. But if that was, if my digital identity was in my in my wallet protected by cryptography, not mm-hmm. only could I produce it anywhere and carry it with me really without worrying about losing it, because mm-hmm. I can always kind of reinstate it if I did lose it, but I can also federate what's in it. You know, when I check into the hotel here in Europe and they ask for my passport, there's a lot of data in there they absolutely do not need. You know, you think mm-hmm. about it from a privacy oh, 100%, perspective. 100%. So for my, you know, all they really need to know is, you know, that well, the information they need to have legally, you know, and, mm-hmm. and if it's, you know, if you're, if you're trying to get into a bar, they don't need to know your name and your address, which you give them when you give them your, your driver's license. They simply need to know, are you provably over the age of 21? Mm-hmm. And this is what, you know, the concept of a digital, yeah. of a connected digital, digital yeah. safe gives yeah. us. It's so funny when I'm reading this story from today. As it evolved, we recognize two key themes people continually ask about Bitcoin industry to address trust and accessibility. And then I say, you can say Mount Gox again. I mean, it's just, it's so funny that it's, there you it's go. still I mean, the same thing. Look, yeah, I was going to say, you say Mount Gox, and that was actually, yeah. you know, um, a ledger came kind of right then mm-hmm. or in, in mm-hmm. the ashes of Mount Gox. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, last year when Celsius went illiquid, 5X mm-hmm. day over day sales for us, Solana got hacked last August, right around this mm-hmm. time. I remember I was on vacation mm-hmm. last August. Solana gets hacked. That's a 6X day over day for us. And when the FTX, um, you know, imploded, that mm-hmm. was, we had our biggest sales day, followed by our biggest sales day, followed by our biggest Black Friday. And November turned mm-hmm. out to be the biggest sales month in the history of the company. And yeah. then what we we definitely didn't have on our bingo card um, when my daughter was getting married that weekend, mm-hmm. um, SVB imploded. And that yeah. was not only a gigantic day for us, but a gigantic mm-hmm. trading day for us too, because we have a companion app that allows you to buy, swap, and um, earn yield on, on crypto. And you know the trading on Circle 
that weekend mm-hmm. um, with, with Circle, uh, or also an early one. That exactly, guy did video was company. was was huge because Circle mm-hmm. depegged, and, and mm-hmm. you know, so it, it is. You know, people, we are sort of when people flee, they flee to us, right? Yeah. So, so right safety. now, the concentration yeah. for us is, you know, we've sold more than six million hardware wallets, but there are four hundred million people in crypto. So that means the right. vast majority of people are insecure. Or centralized. Mm-hmm. And right. and so, you know, right now when the market, there are not a lot of new entrants into the market, as you know, that's our mm-hmm. market. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, there will be another cycle. Last week, two crypto bills made it out of the House Financial Services Committee. Obviously, government has to play a key role here, but it's been back and forth. You've got Gary Gensler sort of, um, he just lost uh, the case around Ripple. I just interviewed Chris Larson around Ripple, which is another company, um, and whether it's a commodity or an asset or a security. Um, what do we, what do you need from government from your perspective? Look, well, I think what the, what the industry really needs is we do need clarity and we need to protect customers and innovation. And mm-hmm. that's very doable. I think if you look what, what came out of the house last week, I mean, I think the mm-hmm. crypto community doesn't think that those bills are perfect, but they, mm-hmm. they, they believe that they're necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, Patrick McHenry and Whip Tom Emmer, they, they do know what they're talking about. Like we've sat mm-hmm. with them, you know, He's individually. He's the chair of the house financial services committee. Exactly. And they, they are very well informed on, mm-hmm. on, on what's going on and they understand um, mm-hmm. the shape of what's to come. And they would actually like America to be, you know, a, a, a place where well, uh, companies like Coinbase authority. can be successful yeah. and yeah. and thrive. So I think we I think we need to protect customers, but we also need to protect innovation. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so even and and you know I think Warren is correct in that we have to make sure it doesn't become just an, every currency becomes you know traffickers. L- listen, use, if they use. if if cash was invented today, it would be illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have a history of a luxury brand space, which uh, LVMH, most important luxury company in history, probably. Ledger has collaborated with Fendi. Why? What? Huh? Well, you know, digital assets um, or specifically NFTs, digital mm-hmm. art. Um, occupies, you know, a similar place in Maslow's hierarchy of needs as mm-hmm. as luxury goods. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. why does someone severely buy severely luxury- declining prices? But go ahead. Why does someone buy a luxury watch? Mm-hmm. Right, it, they mm-hmm. don't buy it to tell the time. They buy mm-hmm. it because they like the craft, they like the brand, they like the aesthetics. They want to be a part of that community of people mm-hmm. um, who appreciates that object. Um, that's the exact same reason that I buy art from Art Blocks or CryptoPunks or mm-hmm. Bright Moments. You know, these are mm-hmm. you know I like the aesthetics, I appreciate the craft, and I want to be a part of those communities. Um, so there, I think there actually is a, a big crossover, and I think luxury brands are are the ones who are doing it well. If you look at what um, Louis Vuitton just did with their Via case, mm-hmm. if you look at what Dior just did with their sneaker, these are commercially successful um, Mm -hmm. in what is considered to be a very bad crypto market. And that's because they're talking to their customers and giving their customers what they want. That's what luxury Mm -hmm. brands have always done. Luxury goods Mm -hmm. have never been for, quote unquote, everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. They're they're for a particular group. And um, I think that, you know, this this really, this is why I went to LVMH to begin with, because Mm -hmm. the internet moves us from mass market to massive niche, as Jeff Jarvis said. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we are we are collections of communities, and these these communities so you have reach them. digital access yeah. and digital value. So I think yeah. there's a there's actually quite obvious crossover. My personal belief is if we fast forward twenty years, fully fifty percent mm-hmm. of all luxury goods purchases will be pure digital, and probably a hundred percent of them mm-hmm. will come with a digital component. Wow. I think it okay. really makes sense as we le- 
live increasingly digital That's, lives. That was the dream. It hasn't quite, it's, it's still uh, stumbling That's why away. I said 20 years. Yeah. Look, yeah. I mean, okay. in 1998, we all thought that the internet was happening tomorrow, um, but people mm -hmm. told us it will never scale and everyone will never have broadband. In mm -hmm. 2008, they told us everyone will never have a smartphone. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, when Uber came out, they said, oh, nice service for rich people. Right. Yeah. So this is all the same. We, we recognize fair these, point, these fair dynamics. Point, fair point. I had, I just, my first story for the Wall Street Journal was me surrounded in um, uh, wires with a big scissors and saying, you're not going to have a phone. You're going to have a mobile phone. It was 1997, something like that. And it got yeah. a ton of attack. It was attacked a lot. Anyway, um, Scott, you may ask a question now. You're out of your disclosure hole. Uh, okay. This has been great so far, but I think it's important we bring this all back to me. Okay, good. So, yeah, uh, I first met Ian. So, I ran an analytics company called L2, the focus on luxury brand. Meet mm -hmm. Ian, chief digital officer at LVMH. We walk in. Here's this like good looking guy with tats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ian's background. Well, let's Ian be clear. He's much better looking than you, but go ahead. <laughs> well, okay, low bar. Uh, I don't, th I don't <laughs> see how that's, that, that, you know, anyway, I'm looking at right now. He's a very, yeah, yeah. very sexy man. Yeah. We, we objectify everybody, Ian, <laughs> yeah. so you must accept this. Sexy because I'm rich and that's about it. Anyway, so <laughs> so we walk in. He's got these tats. Ian was a professional skateboarder, mm -hmm. um, had a kid at the age of 17. Is that right, Ian? Mm -hmm. Correct. Your She's single parent. Turns 33 next, next week. Home, wow, home. Okay, hold on. Homeschooled her. Is that correct? Also correct. And now she's a PhD in physics? She has a PhD in genetics from Stanford. Genetics, okay. Yeah. Undergrad so from MIT. We literally yeah. walked out of this meeting and we're like, people. we're like, this is the most interesting man on the planet. Yeah. Wait, can I, <laughs> can I tell you, Carol, what, what Scott yeah. said to me when I met him? First, first words out of his mouth. So I come what in, do you I, think don't of know, me? I don't know, I don't, I think I'm meeting an analytics company. I have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's Scott Galloway. I know, yeah. I, we know Scott Galloway to be today. I think I'm just yeah. meeting the CEO of an analytics company. Yeah. I don't know the okay. background. All we, right. we, I walk in, sit down. Scott walks, sits on the side of the table, he goes, Hmm, Chief Digital Officer at LVMH. Uh, is that like being Chief Electricity Officer? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I think it is. Actually, uh, so, you nailed it. Look, I, I think, you know, uh, I'm, the, I'm the skeptic on the board and mm -hmm. Ian and Pascal. By the way, the company just raised $100 million at $1.1 billion 90 mm -hmm. days ago. So there's mm -hmm. clearly still a market for these kind of companies. Mm -hmm. But the question I have for Ian, I think... You know, his career speaks for himself, but the thing I'm most fascinated about is we ask people a lot of questions about parenting. I'm fascinated by it, but we usually ask people who who have the luxury of bringing a kid in under what I'll call kind of controlled environments. They're in a relationship. They all have college degrees. They're making money. I would just love to know, you know, in, a, in as authentic a way as you can, what it's like to have a kid at 17 and what what advice you would have for people who find themselves at a very young age being a single parent. I was raised by a single mother, but what what are your reflections? Everything's worked out, but that, I would imagine that must've been a scary moment. Anyways, having a kid as a single parent at the age of 17. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things too, you're also too young to really be scared, right? So I wasn't old enough to have a life to disrupt yet. Um, and, you know, her, her, thankfully also, I knocked up the valedictorian um, mm. Zoe's mom is brilliant. Um, mm. And 
we, you know, we were together for you know the first two and a half years of of Zoe's life, and then you know the only thing I can I can say is you know you literally just put one foot in front of the other. Um, I think I, I think I was uh, I was too young to to know to do any different. But we also had a great group of of people around us. You know, Zoe was kind of raised by wolves. She was raised by you know dirty skateboarders. You know, first in in Indiana and then in L.A. Um, you know, but I, I always, I always mention, you know, the community of skateboarding is is super important to me, and it was it was really important in Zoe's life as well. I mean, really, the Beastie Boys had a had a lot to do with that too. Um, but you know, I think kids need only one thing, which is unconditional love, and uh, mm. plenty of that to to go around for her. Um, I think if you talk to Zoe, I mean, you know, look, we all screw up our kids in our own special way, right? So she's had had you know incredible academic success and continues to have. Um, have have success in her professional and, and and personal life, you know. At the same time, you know, growing up with with parents that are you know growing up on their own, um, you know, has its own set of of downsides as mm-hmm. well. I'm sure that I'm sure that 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 Zoe would tell you that. I think you know. Look, Scott. At this point, I've had the chance. I've I've done parenting in sort of three different ways. Um, I have. Uh, you know, an older daughter that I that I raised primarily by myself. Um, I have. Uh, a, a daughter where, who, you know, I've lived in Paris for seven years without her now. She, she lives on the, on the West coast with her mom and in Paris, I'm a stepdad. And you know what you do in every single situation? You do your best and yep. it's never good enough, very but nice you do your very best in, in all three of those situations. So I think I'm kind of lucky, uh, to have had these three different parenting experiences. One where I felt like super dad, one where I feel like absentee dad and and one where you know stepdad you never you're never quite dad um and you know it's a it keeps you humble and really just like trying to give that love any any moment you can very nice what a good question ian thank you so much i've wanted to talk to you for a while thank um, you so much and i appreciate it um again ian is the chief experience officer at ledger you should really check out it. it's very interesting it's easy to write off crypto um i literally have just been thinking of getting back into it um because i was like it seems opportunistic for in my case uh, to really be thinking about it because we are not the currency is going to change so drastically despite all these stumbles and you're absolutely right from a historical perspective all these things happen that way anyway uh, thank you so much, Ian. Thanks, Thanks, Ian. Thank you both. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for wins and fails. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield. So he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Support for this show comes from the Harvard Business Review. You know, there's this idea in business that some people are born to be leaders. You either have it or you don't. But leadership, like any skill, can and should be learned over time. Whether you've climbed to the top of the corporate ladder or are just starting out, you'll find valuable insights at Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review is a leading destination for smart management thinking. And on their website, hbr.org, subscriptions are just $10 a month, which gives you unlimited access to the same level of expertise. 
Things like case studies, newsletters, podcasts, articles written by some of the world's top minds. I use HBR in my research when I do articles or when I'm thinking about what to talk about on Pivot. I find them really interesting. I find them complete. I find them different. And you can find all kinds of industries covered. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, Scott, let's hear some wins and fails. Do you have any care? I, I, well, Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. That's your and win. And Barbie. Barbie and Taylor yeah, Swift. Oh, God, Barbie, Barbie and Taylor. again. Jesus Ta- young girls. I, they, it was such a delight. You are not, like, this fucking world sucks a lot of time, but I felt so good in that environment. <laughs> I'm glad. And yeah, people nice. felt hopeful and, like, and someone tweeted something that I thought was absolutely true. I think it was uh, Aaron Levy, uh, who I love, who I think is really funny. And he did it on threads, actually. And he said, um, you, you, people worried about AI. He had gone to the concert, obviously. He said, you cannot replace this. And it felt so human, 100%. even Agreed. in this giant friggin' stadium. The, they have everyone had little and, and technology was used well they, they had these lights on you that they have at concerts now and it was beautiful and you saw and I kept looking up at the lights or people putting up their phones which sometimes used to annoy me and I thought every one of those is a person and it's cool that we're all in the same place and it was I felt really good about people like you know I don't know how to explain it it was such a commercial event there was t-shirts everywhere uh, but it was such a it was really nice to be in a in a massive group of people and recognized people and with creativity, yeah, someone who's super creative. That was my, when my fail continues to be uh, this thing over the slavery thing. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. what is wrong with you people? I'm so glad Ron DeSantis is tripping, falling, and I can't stand Trump and I cannot wait till he gets indicted again. But honestly, this is just, and to defend it and continue to defend it. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? That's it. So, all right. So, mine, given that I'm I'm leaving for a month, like my fail is the dividers in the best mm-hmm. example. And there's a lot of them. There's so many things that Florida could be doing right now. I mean, a lot of things. And the governor running for president decides to inflame uh, the left and non-whites such that people on the far right who are so angry at the left can just be think, wow, this guy hates the left. I like him. And mm-hmm. and it also happens on the left, people demonizing billionaires and saying there is no billionaire that didn't crawl over people. It's like, well, okay, what can we agree on? So instead of demonizing trans people, I think we can all agree that if one in five LGBT youth are going to try and kill themselves, mm-hmm. that we need services to intervene and we need more we need more support for LGBT youth. I think most Republicans would agree with that. Mm-hmm. If you think that billionaires are evil, well, that's that's not going to get anywhere. Let's talk about a progressive tax structure that most people you know, agree on. Instead of fighting over race-based uh, affirmative action, most people agree that there should be some sort of affirmative action. It just mm-hmm. politics used to be about where is the Venn overlap? And the overlaps are actually greater in America than people think. The majority of people think that we should have some sort of sensible or reasonable gun control, whether it's registration or some sort of mandatory training, whatever it might be, right? Assault weapons probably need 
uh, greater regulation. And instead, our politics are now, well, what will piss off the other side most? So my loss is the dividers on both sides that, that are raising more money by just showing how much they can piss off the other side and just turn it turn it to really self-fulfilling memes or tropes around. I'm not here to do anything for the country. I'm just here to make us angry at each other. And then my win is more of a challenge. I love taking August off. I feel very fortunate that everyone around me at Prop G and at Pivot is going to support me in this. And I'm going to try and I want to challenge the audience. I'm going to try and work out every day. I'm going to try and get as strong as I can be at the age of 48. But I invite everyone. I'll be I'll be talking about my workouts, although I'm thinking about taking a break from social. But also, I'm going to try and, uh, and something I really struggle with is I'm going to try and be more present. And that is I've been thinking a lot about how the, this notion that the past is the most immutable thing in the world. I'm too much in the past, Kara. I think mm. too much about my mistakes. I hold grudges. I, I beat myself up too much about the past. And the past is the most immutable thing in the world. There's literally nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. And then I think too much about the future because I'm successful and I'm constantly planning, but I'm never here. So my 30 days in August uh, are going to be about trying to just slow down. I'm going to take a break from social. I'm going to take a break from my I phone. Like I'm going like to do, si do a silent retreat, which won't be easy for me. Oh, my and God, really? Yeah, right. Actually, Whoa. it sounds kind of nice to me. Anyway. Yeah. My, my win is not a win. It's a challenge to everyone, and I'm challenging myself because I struggle with all these things. Mm -hmm. You know, this is it. This is all we have. And it's such a – the country's doing well right now. I think for all our problems, we've made, actually, you know, if you look at most things, we're making progress. We've got we've got the country's doing well. We're pushing back on a murderous autocrat. August is a beautiful month. So I'm going to try desperately, and I'm going to invite other people to – you know, I do I have a few tricks for being in the moment. The dogs put me in the moment. Um, mm -hmm. uh, working out puts like me in the it. moment. Being with my boys puts me in the moment. And the thing that kills my in the moment is my phone. So I'm going to try mm -hmm. and turn it off for full days Good at a time. idea. And I'm going to challenge everyone else to do it, to say, okay, let's embrace the only thing we really have, and that is the here and the now. And I will see you in September, Kara. Yes, I know. I know, Scott. And I'm just say, you know, there's an expression, uh, a real present is your presence. Get it? Presence, present. I get it. Get it? I think that's great. We will miss you a great deal, Scott. I have a little song for you before we go, no. but I just want to say, just for our listeners, we do have some listener mail stuff coming up. We want to hear from you all the time. We love your emails. Send us your questions about business tech or whatever's on your mind, including Scott's uh, silent retreat. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit a question for the show or call 855-51-PIVOT. That is the show. Taylor, can we play? We'll be back on Friday for more, by the way. Uh, and the official start of Scott Free August, a month with no episodes with 58-year-old Scott Galloway. Taylor, please play the Taylor Swift song for me right now before Scott reads us out, finally. Go ahead, Taylor. Stay, stay. It literally sounded like it sounded like the jingle to a breakfast cereal. It's like we live in the suburbs so and good. we're white. Oh, oh my! I, I, let me just tell you, for seventy-five thousand, listen, seventy-five thousand teenage oh, girls God. are headed to where you are. I've given your address, and they're going to have to what kill you. What dude in a didn't text her back that inspired that little jingle? <laughs> oh, Scott, All right. stay, stay, stay. But actually, no, how can go, we miss go, you go. if you there won't you go. go away? There Read you go. us out. Today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Travis Larchuk, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Entretot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows, Neil Silverio, and Gaddy McBain. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back later this week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. All we have, all we have is the here and the now. And Taylor Swift. There you go. 
Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here, chances are your team is marching into the AI-generated horizon. Atlassian Intelligence is unleashing a new era of teamwork. You can use Atlassian's AI-powered products for everything from brainstorming ideas to finding information to summarizing huge documents, all by using normal, everyday language. Atlassian AI-powered software like Jira and Confluence help teams accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how you can transform teamwork with the power of AI at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian.